You're tuning in to Salon Era, a series from Lady Lise that brings together musicians from around the world to share music, stories, and scholarship with a global audience of early music lovers. I'm Hannah DePriest, Lady Lise's Communications and Special Projects Manager, and this is a special rebroadcast of one of my favorite episodes from our archive, Ottoman Influence, which originally aired in January of 2022. This is a recut version adapted by our team into a podcast. In this episode, you'll hear from Salonira's usual host, Deborah Nagy, guest curator Daphna Moore, a Baroque musician, Ottoman music enthusiast, and multi-instrumentalist, Turkish violinist Ceren Turkmenog, and oud player Kane Mathis. Before Daphna introduces the episode, let's enjoy the rest of Boselik Peshref by 18th century composer Dmitri Kantemir, arranged by Jeren and performed by Jeren on violin and percussion, with Michael Harris on Yaili Tanbursh and Merich Donik on harp.
17th and early 18th century, Ottoman Empire started to see a slow decline from its 16th century peak. It was still a force in trading routes, diplomatic relations, and cultural influence in Western Europe. Turkery is the term for fascination in all things Turkish, mainly in fashion, fine and decorative arts, which swept among Western European nobility. Yet music, cross-influence was limited. Ottoman music, or Turkish classical music, with its hundreds of scales and wealth of various length rhythm cycles, was very different from the music composed to the west of the empire. In addition, this incredibly complex repertoire was traditionally passed orally through the centuries. This program concentrates on two figures, Dmitri Kantemir and Ali Ufki, two scholars from the West who lived in the empire under very different circumstances. One, a Moldavian prince, the other, a captive Pole sold to the Sultan and rose in ranks. Both documented this repertoire in anthologies, which includes hundreds of classical pieces, as well as original compositions. Tonight, we'll get to glimpse at their manuscripts, unique notations, and traditional instrumentation as this program becomes a window into how that music sounded. We are joined tonight by violinist, multi-instrumentalist, and composer Jaren Turkmenolo from Istanbul, as well as Kane Mathis, wood player and scholar from New York City, currently joining us from tour in San Francisco. Welcome. Good evening. It is a real pleasure to have both of you joining us. Welcome, Daphne, and welcome, Jaran. And um, in particular, I'm, I'm grateful to you both, but I'm also particularly grateful to Daphne, who generously uh, guest curated this episode uh, for us and is going to be leading the discussion tonight. Welcome. Thank you, Deborah. I'm so happy to be back. Um, welcome, Jaran. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for having me in this show. Absolutely. Can you tell us where you're joining us from? I'm actually joining from Ankara right now. <laughs> well, we're so, so happy you joined us today. Um, first, I would love to just um, ask you about the opening uh, um, tune. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this Persian, about this instrumental piece? Yeah, so that piece is by Dmitry Kantemir. He, he was a Romanian prince. He lived in the 1600s in, um, in Istanbul. He lived more than for more than 20 years in Istanbul. And um, he composed in um, Ottoman music style. Uh, and I find his works quite um, extraordinary because it's like the melting pot of uh, Eastern and Western music, the European tradition and the Ottoman tradition comes together in his works. And that tune uh, was from him, Uselik Peshrev. So you're a violinist trained in European classical music, and also um, learned um, Ottoman music, Turkish music, and played Turkish instruments as well. Um, mm -hmm. And you have particular interest in re researching Western composers in the Ottoman Empire, and composing mm -hmm. in Ottoman style fused with Western style, which we've I've been enjoying so much listening on your website and listening in your CD, which is gorgeous. Thank um, you. 
in a few minutes, we will actually hear another uh, tune uh, called Samai um, Efranji, as I said, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> By another, another uh, composer, um, Ali Ufki. So uh, Ali Ufki, whose birth name was Bozek Bobowski, he was a Polish man who spent many years of his life in Istanbul and Constantinople. And he also made invaluable contributions to the culture and politics of the Ottoman Empire. He was born uh, in 1610 in Bobova, hence his last name Bobowski. And he was raised in a Protestant family and started a career as a church musician. And at the age of 18, he was captured as a prisoner in a war and he was brought to Istanbul. Because of his musical training, he was sold to the court of Sultan Murat IV. And in the palace, he received education in the Enderun, which is the palace school. Uh, after his education, he was taken into the palace where he served as a musician, as a treasurer, interpreter. He was an important figure in the Ottoman state. He extraordinarily spoke 17 languages, among which were Turkish, Arabic, Farsi, Hebrew, German, Greek, Spanish, Italian, Latin, next to his native Polish. He also produced so many great works that astonishes one by the variety of his masterful skills. He was not only limited to music, he translated the Bible into Ottoman Turkish, which were long served as the only complete uh, one. He translated them, um, uh, the Psalter uh, as well and composed music for them in Ottoman style. He wrote a grammar book of the Ottoman Turkish language. He wrote poems in this language and his Musical comp compositions are considered among the most important in the 17th century Ottoman music. Furthermore, he released two manuscript anthologies of Ottoman music, known, known as Mejma'i Sazusus, which means the collection of instrumental and vocal works. Thus, he helped those musical works survive to this day because, as you know, music of that day is mostly um, orally transmitted. So, taking notes of notating that music was not. Uh, that much of a custom at that time. It is pretty amazing. I, I, every time I either read or hear about Ali Ufki's um, achievements, it is just kind of hard to believe that someone can achieve that in a one, one lifetime, right? So we are focusing on his contribution in music, um, but clearly his contribution as a scholar has is, in different fields is just astounding. Um, Jaran, can you please tell us a little bit more about um, Ali Ufki's notation? Because as we mentioned, um, this incredibly complex music and sometimes very long compositions have been passed through uh, history orally. And it is still a very important part of uh, Turkish music. Um, but here we have someone who actually notated it. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, uh, different notations were in use at that time. Um, and Ali Ufki also contributed to this by notating a lot of music. Here in this image, you see that he actually implied Western notation. Um, he used that notation style. However, um, if you um, pay attention, the notation is written from um, right to left, mm -hmm. not, uh, not from left to right as we're used to seeing because um, Ottoman Turkish uh, used Arabic script, Arabic letters, 
and Arabic was written from right to left, so he uh, applied the same direction to the musical notation as well. And uh, semai is an instrumental form which is similar to the rondo form in Western music. It typically consists of four sections called hane, which are the verses, and each one would be followed by a teslim, which is the refrain. Efrangi, on the other hand, means European. So he composed an Ottoman semai in Makam Nishabur, that's the scale of the piece, the mode of the piece, and uh, it is in European style. <laughs> I hope you enjoy.
Oh, that was so beautiful. Thank you, Jaran. Can you just tell us quickly about maybe the instruments you are playing and overdubbing for this piece? Yes. Uh, so I recorded this piece during the coronavirus lockdowns in Turkey. So I had to play all the instruments by myself. <laughs> I used a uh, violin, viola, uh, rebab, which I'll get back to pretty soon, and a frame drum, some other percussions. And I think that's about it. And the most characteristic thing about the rabat is its top string is made of horsehair. So it's a strand of horsehair uh, that gives it a unique timbre in a way. So these are the instruments I use. Mm, thank you. At this point in the program, Daphna interviews her longtime friend and colleague, oud player Kane Mathis. So Kane. Um, I am really excited to get to interview you because I have learned so much from you throughout the years. You are actually the person who introduced me uh, to Ottoman uh, um, music um, in our collaborations. Kane uh, is a member of East of the River, one of my ensembles. And um, I wanted to go get a little technical with you. We're about to um, listen to uh, Kurdi Khafifi, which uh, we recorded together. Um, back in a uh, uh, few years ago. And I wanted to ask you um, about the building blocks of Turkish music. We, and I, I, I referred to it without the actual terms, but I would love if you add, add the, the correct terms for people for us and, and clarify. So for people who are listening to this music for the first time or just do not know much about it, uh, what should they be listening to uh, when they listen, listen to um, Ottoman music? Yeah, for sure. I think the first thing uh, that is interesting for people to listen to when they hear Ottoman music is the trajectory of a makam, uh, because we have uh, a melody that develops and has, you could say, a personality of its own. And it creates its own kind of internal system of tension and resolution without the use of harmony. And it is a highly developed music in this way. So for this piece, when you listen to this performance, you can hear uh, or try to find focus areas, uh, cadential points. And whereas in Western music, we would have cadential uh, events that are based on harmonic um, mechanisms, uh, like a chord or a harmony, we have in Ottoman music cadential events that take place around note areas in very specific registers. Um, and this, we'll talk about this more after we hear the piece, but this is a very key feature of the modal building blocks that make up Ottoman music known as makam. I'm looking forward to now listening to a Kurdi Khafifi and hopefully our listeners could identify the pattern uh, that uh, Shane is playing and hear the melody on top of it. Um, this piece actually starts with a taksim, um, which is an improvisation, a free improvisation to establish the makam, which is another very important element of Turkish music. Um, and you are playing the taksim, and then after that, Kurdi Khafifi. Thank you. 
Bravo, that's absolutely beautiful uh, performance. I've seen a few excerpts from that concert and I absolutely wish that I could have been in the audience, but I know this is the next best thing. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, uh, Joanne just told us uh, about the circumstances, how, how Ali Ufki ended up in the Ottoman Empire. Um, Dmitry Kantemir was born in Moldavia and, uh, in 1673. And so he uh, was born to a noble family and his father was really invested in their education. So he was taught in many languages and uh, uh, back already in his uh, original um, uh, country. But he did spend a lot of time in Constantinople from 1687 to 1710. He spent most of that time mm. in an envoy in um, Constantinople and where he lived in a palace that he owned. And, um, where he learned Turkish history and Turkish uh, music. And so I, I encourage our viewers to uh, go and research uh, his story because it is, it is quite uh, interesting and fantastic. Um, but uh, for our purpose, uh, concentrating on his contribution um, in, into uh, our knowledge of um, how Ottoman music was, um, was sounded and what was the repertoire in that um, era, uh, he published a manuscript that is called The Book of Science of Music Through Letters. And uh, I will I, not attempt to say it in uh, Turkish. So, uh, Joran, if you can help us, uh, the name in, in original name. Kitabı İlmul Musiki Ala Vecil Rufat. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and in, the, in, the, in that manuscript, we have over about 350 compositions nine of them his own, because he also learned to compose in an Ottoman style, and actually gives us, um, as Duran mentioned before, kind of an insight to the wealth of the city at the time. There are pieces that are classical Turkish, there are pieces with, uh, from Armenian background, there's also Sephardic music there, and both sacred and, um, and uh, secular. But um, his notation, the, the way he decided to document again this oral tradition, is completely different. Well, as I understand it, uh, this method of notation is similar to kind of other things we've seen uh, in, I believe also in, in the West, maybe not at the same time, but you have a, a note and a duration, essentially. Exactly. So very practical. Yeah, it is quite fascinating. And uh, it looks slightly um, similar to the Hampartium notation. It's another notation that was in use at that uh, time, actually much later on because he lived in the 1800s and he was using the Armenian letters with uh, signs to indicate the duration, not durations. So yeah, it is great that they invented these kind of uh, systems to document music. It's totally fascinating and I find extremely inspiring um, the, the way that, that each of you has uh, studied and internalized and, and brought this music uh, to us and, and to our Salonera audience. And the next thing that we're going to uh, hear is actually a remote collaboration that the three of you collaborated on um, for this episode, uh, particularly 
And I wonder if you uh, could tell us a little bit about the Semi that we're going to hear um, and or what it was like to put together the, the music remotely. Sure. Well, the first uh, challenge, I suppose, was to find a, a piece that is relevant in terms of time period. Um, and so we found this piece. It is a little bit extra interesting because it's in a probably one of the most seldom played Makams. And this Makam has been kind of assimilated by other Makams. So it is uh, kind of an, an interesting window into a different time when this was uh, still kind of a mode unto itself. Yeah, it was uh, fun to bring it together. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be able to make music in this way, which yeah. we never thought we would do a few years ago, wouldn't right. have crossed our minds. But yeah. Um, yeah, music survives any obstacle, I think. Absolutely. Uh, well, let's take a moment to listen to the Iraq says semi. And thanks so much for uh, to each of you for, for creating this performance just for us. Thank you.
Thanks so much for listening to this special recut episode of Salon Era. Subscribe to the Salon Era podcast to hear more from us and Lady Lise, and support us with donations at salonera.org. Don't miss Salon Era's upcoming episode, No Straight Answers, premiering Monday, January 16th, where we'll be highlighting queer artists working in the realm of Baroque opera. Guest vocalists Eli McCormack and Vicky St-Pierre and scholar Jessica Peretz will explore issues of representation, voice, and gender fluidity in 17th and 18th century works for the stage. They'll discuss their lived experience performing gender-affirming roles, and they'll consider new professional opportunities for trans and non-binary singers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Salon Era. This episode was originally created for Salon Era's 2021-2022 season and was adapted into a podcast by executive producer and your host, Deborah Nagy, associate producer Shelby Yaman, and me, Hannah DePriest, script writer and special projects manager. Special thanks to our guest curator, Daphna Moore, and guests Kane Mathis and Jedin Turkmenog. Support for Salon Era is provided by Cuyahoga Arts and Culture, the Ohio Arts Council, and audience members like you. A filmed version of this episode is available now on salonera.org, where you can also learn more about the music and information shared in this and any episode. Please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show. <laughs>